0: Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Beat My Guest. I'm your host, AJ Mass. If you're new to the show, each week I invite a guest to sit in the hot seat and field questions in a wide variety of topics, earning points for the episode on a scale of 1 to 100. For those of you playing along at home, you have but one task set before you, and that is to see if you can beat my guest. Mm, But before you can beat my guest, you need to meet my guest, so let's give a warm welcome to today's guest, Cheyenne Fletcher. Cheyenne, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I am doing just fine and dandy. Welcome back to the hot seat, my fellow member of the Sons of Anarchy. Uh, How are you doing, sir?
1: I'm doing good. Uh, Pretty excited. We got our uh, newest venue and we uh, broke into Arkansas, so that goes tonight. So it's pretty fun to uh, move into other states. Excellent.
0: Of course, you're talking about your trivia company, The Questionable Company. Uh, I'll throw in the plug if you don't want to.
1: Yes, thank you.
0: Uh, okay, why don't you uh, tell them a little bit about yourself? And uh, you know, you're you're a hot seat veteran at this point, but yeah, uh, uh, introduce yourself to any noobs out there.
1: Yeah, my name is Cheyenne Fletcher. Live in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, have a wonderful wife of 20 years in November, and a 14 year old son, and 11 year old daughter. Questionable company, trivia company here in Tulsa. We also have spots in at uh, Salt Lake City and. Starting tonight, Fayetteville, Arkansas.
0: So, so I'm, I guess I'm required to say uh, Pig Suey. Is that, is that it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, w- whatever your uh, preference, be it SEC, ACC, Big Ten, or otherwise, uh, let us <laughs> get into the trivia. We may or may not uh, touch upon some college sports. We'll see. Uh, here is how the game works. As you know, Cheyenne, and if anyone's listening for the first time, let me uh, welcome you to the party. Uh, there are going to be four rounds, of so four questions each. In each round, I will let you know the categories in order that I'll we'll be using for that round. Before I read each question, you get to lock in how many points you wish each question to be worth. Get it right. You get the points. It is just that simple. And there's also going to be a halftime bonus worth 10 points. At the end of the game, you get to field what we call the confidence question. That's your last chance to try to improve your final score. I will explain all of that when we get there. We've got brand new questions and categories and, and rigmarole for Season 5, so uh, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing how all these new quirks and idiosyncrasies play out. My guinea pig, <laughs> are you ready to go? Uh,
1: yeah. You sound uh, so
0: ready to go. Yeah,
1: I know. I uh, If I hadn't been A last season, then I would have like brushed up on my crazy Florida news. <laughs>
0: Yes, indeed. Well, Florida, we have let Florida be for a while. Uh, they, can, they can hang out with Chad and all that good stuff. Uh, we're going to move on to brand new things. And no, I promise it's not only in Arkansas. So <laughs>
1: That might be interesting as well.
0: <laughs> Let's get this season started, shall we, with round one. As always, as usual, the point values are going to be one, three, five, and 7. Here are the categories that we're going to be using for this episode. Sir, kicking things off. With Around the World, moving along to television, following that up with music, and rounding out round one with a new category that I am calling The Sorting Hat. Wow, okay. So, first things first, before we get to what an explanation of all these is, you're going to have to fly in the dark until you learn, I'm sorry, that's just <laughs> how it's going to have to be. Around the World is first, one, three, five, or 7.
1: You know, TV and music are like... I know areas, but I have big black holes. Um, You know, let's start kind of low. We'll start with the three.
0: Three points for around the world. Good luck, sir. And here is your three-point question. Again, no alphabet to worry about here. No alphabet this season, guys. This is just (laughs) any letter is up for grabs. That was season four. This is season five. Here is your around-the-world question. With close to 2 million cases reported in 2019 already as we record this, sir, what country has the highest rate of dengue fever worldwide?
1: Wow. We're better to start
0: the season than with dengue fever.
1: (laughs) Right, yeah, you know, that's a great uplifting start. Oh, you know, I know it was when me and my wife were in Thailand, it was a big deal there. I don't know exactly where all this disease travels to, but I know it's in Southeast Asia. Can it probably have to stick there. But also, India has a bunch of people. It'd be more... Um, wow. Um, yeah, I'll just go with India.
0: India is your answer. Well, uh, you are correct. That uh, Deng fever, it's kind of a tropical uh, thing. Those darn mosquitoes. Uh, but generally speaking, uh, the greatest number of cases uh, though it does sometimes drift even into the united states there are a few cases reported but uh, most of the cases in between those tropics uh, a lot in africa a lot in southeast asia uh, but the most probably uh, even though the rainforest is slowly disappearing and burning away a lot of mosquitoes and a lot of people combined in close proximity to each other Uh, make sure you avoid brazil
1: ah that's brutal
0: and I know you guys at home, you can't see this, because this is an audio medium, not a visual medium, but uh, I love the green and gold shirt you're wearing right now, Colors of Brazil. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. Oh, man.
0: Not that you would have put those two or two together. I mean, few yeah. people look at their own shirts while they're <laughs> answering questions.
1: And I was literally just earlier today listening to a podcast about the fires in the Amazon.
0: It's the first question. It's, it's, it's the hot seat. It, it, you need time to warm up yourself. Fear not. But keep in mind, folks, that uh, as this is not the alphabet season, we've kind of gone back into our little train of thought, uh, our stream of consciousness kind of uh, coming up with questions here. So even if you don't know the answer after question one, you might be able to sense some sort of through line or connect the dots from point A to point B to help you try and figure it out. We kind of went away from that a little bit with the alphabet season, but now we are back in uh, that mode. Just food for thought as we move on to television. One five four seven, sir.
1: You know... I wish I'd stuck with my original, my normal thing of just starting with a one because I really want to put that seven on the sorting hat just because that would be fun. And I don't know which one to put my, that one on between TV and music. I'll go five for TV.
0: Five points for television. I hope you've made the right choice. We shall soon see. Here is your five-point television question. What actor... Portrayed the man who helped staff a fifty thousand watt intensive care unit, starting in 1978 and ending in 1993.
1: Wow, actor, intensive
0: intensive care unit, fifteen years.
1: 1978, 1993. Yeah, that was a bad choice. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't think of any shows, any medical dramas or anything that ran all the way through the 80s and ended in the 90s. And maybe it somehow ties in with Brazil? Intensive care, okay. I don't think, like, saying elsewhere, I don't think went that long. Oh, wow. And it's the actor, 50,000-watt intensive care unit. It makes it sound like, oh, man. Like, I am completely lost on this question. I have to, like, answer it. I really can't think of, like, an answer that makes sense. This is like me on LL where I like <laughs> I can't even, like, work to try to get a joke answer because I think I can figure it out <laughs> when I know that there's no chance. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm at a complete loss. Just to uh, go back to my last episode last season, I will say Alan Alda.
0: <laughs> Alan Alda!
1: Yeah. Indeed,
0: that would be just, just like me to throw another double A at you, wouldn't I? <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I did not do such thing, although there is a double letter involved here. So we were spinning off from the Deng Fever in the last question, looking for a character by the name of Dr. Johnny Fever. Yeah, I... Help staff a 50,000 watt intensive care unit, and I'm your Dr. Johnny Fever. From WKRP in Cincinnati, which ran from 1978 to 1982. However, they brought it back with the new WKRP in Cincinnati from 1991 through 1993. I was stunned to see that the new one lasted. Howard Hessman is your answer. Double H, Howard Hessman, portrayer of Dr. Johnny Fever.
1: It actually came into my head. I was trying to c- pull off the dengue fever, and I thought of Johnny Fever. But I was like, 1993,
0: no chance. that. Yeah, can (laughs) you believe they brought the show back after a decade off the air, and uh, he reprised his role, as did uh, Gordon Jump as uh, Mr. Carlson and uh, a few of the other originals.
1: God, I should have just gone with it.
0: (laughs) Always trust the gut, my friend. Always trust the gut. Well, I know you're probably in need of a doctor feeling a little ill at the moment, but we shall see, perhaps. Things can improve. Uh, you have the high and the low left. One and seven for music. Uh,
1: one on music, because I've got to give the seven.
0: There you go. I, I, I love, I love the, the confidence that you have flying blind into a category of which you have no idea what it's going to be. No, but I appreciate it. <laughs> That's why I have no qualms about putting you in the hot seat this early. Uh, <laughs> all right, good luck, sir. Here is your one point music question. Rudolph, Ronald, Ernie, and O'Kelly did their thing with four top ten singles in their career. What group, originally from Cincinnati, am I talking about?
1: Oh, well, from Cincinnati. Oh, and the spin is WKRP in Cincinnati, and then to Cincinnati. So that's not going to help me.
0: <laughs> sometimes it's in the question, sometimes it's in the answer. When it's in the question, boy, do those people get grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> uh.
1: Anything to play off their initials? No. Um, all right, so four people, the first names. They had four top ten hits. Did their thing. That's, I mean, if I could suss out what did their thing was referring to, I'm sure that that's going to be the uh, clue or something. Um, did they do the right thing? Oh, I feel like that. That I know that's the movie, but is it also a song for top 10. It's did their thing. There's the four tops, four seasons. Did their thing. I'm sure going to go with the four tops.
0: The four tops is your answer. Of course, that was probably an inception because I said they had four top 10 singles. I know. Uh, <laughs> and once you hear that, you, you you know, there's a temptation to go with the four tops, but it's neither of those groups. now. No. <laughs> Uh, So, yeah, I gave you four first names, which probably means I was steering clear of the last names, because that's kind of important. Uh, There's a group, a family group. They did their thing. You were correct. That is kind of the clue. It's your thing. Do what you want to do. That would be the Isley Brothers.
1: Oh, man. I never realized there were four Isley Brothers. So, I don't know if I... I thought about the last names, but I couldn't think of anybody... And even if I'd gotten there, I don't know if I would have done. The Isaac Brothers,
0: actually, uh, there were there uh, over the course of the run. I believe there were six. Uh, oh wow! But only only four at the time of the uh, the Grammy winning hit "It's Your Thing." <laughs> huh. But they were from Cincinnati, so uh, wasn't the Ohio players with the uh, Love Roller Coaster? No, but uh, <laughs> would have would have been a good guess. I'm sure uh, I would have uh, yeah. amused and. Uh, Could have gone off on many a tangent from there, but uh, alack, alas, this has not been a good start uh, (laughs) to the season. It never is. I don't know if I've ever gotten a first-round
1: question correct.
0: Well, I mean, I will say, uh, you have a fighting chance with uh, your seven-point sorting hat. (laughs) Let me explain what's going on here. Gryffindor! Here's how the sorting hat is going to work. I am going to give you three items. Sometimes the items will just be stated outright. Sometimes you might have to figure out uh, what exactly, uh, you know, the items will be like clues to to certain things. Uh, They will be labeled A, B, and C. Uh, Your job is to sort them in the proper order It'll you know, either be like uh, greatest to lowest, first to last, oldest to newest, things like that. I will explain uh, each week's episode exactly what, what category I'm looking for you to uh, sort them into. But that's how it's going to work. Uh, they're always going to be listed alphabetically, so as not to uh, have anyone try to run some game theory as to whether I always go <laughs> in a certain order. You got all that? Yeah. All right, so we'll I'm, see. <laughs> sorting hat. I'm sure I'm sure all you Hufflepuffs out there will find this wonderful. Uh here is your seven-point sorting hat for today, sir. Clue A, 90210's Kelly Taylor. Clue B, co-host of Regis, Michael, and Ryan. Clue C, One Tree Hill, and Cutting Edge actress, Moira. Your sorting hat, oldest to youngest.
1: As soon as you got through B, I knew that that's what this was going to be. And I have never seen a single episode of One Tree Hill or what was it? Cutting Edge?
0: Uh, Yes, The Cutting Edge.
1: Oh, it's that movie with, I think that's it. The Cutting Edge, the movie where hockey player becomes figure skater. Sure. DB Sweeney,
0: absolutely. Yeah. Again, we're looking uh, looking for the oldest, youngest of these three uh, television... yeah, uh, personality. Yeah, um, not the characters, but the the actresses. Right. Who right yeah. Can.
1: So, Ginny Garth, Kelly Ripa, and Moira. Kelly? I don't remember. I can see her face. She was also in that movie with yeah, Brendan it's, Fraser. It's,
0: it's Kelly. I mean, the yeah. the three Kellys. It's it's spinning off from O'Kelly from the last. Oh yeah. they're, all, they're all named Kelly.
1: I mean, this is just a shot in the dark. Let me see. I have a uh, shamefully admitting that I have been watching the new bh 90210 <laughs> which is interesting
0: uh, two episodes would have been enough yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of spinning its wheels i mean it was the nostalgia was good early and then i was like great let's uh, you this is not really uh, going anywhere is it
1: <laughs> okay so the original 90210 was like wait 80s, maybe star, early 90s, I know. I know I was watching it in high school. So, and she was playing a high schooler, which probably meant she was 40. Obviously, that's a joke, but... uh, (laughs) Let's think. Uh, Probably in the 20s, though. Could she be close to 50? Yeah, I guess so. Wow, these are just going to be so close. I know they are. They... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you're too evil to put any real gap. Oldest to youngest, I'm going Cab. Yeah, so you're
0: going Moira Kelly, Jenny Garth, Kelly Ripa.
1: Yep, and I would not be surprised to hear that B.A.C. was correct. Because <laughs> I really can't get any differentiating between any of them. <laughs>
0: Well, you know, uh obviously I'm not gonna give you ten year decks between people. I mean that Yeah <laughs> I make it a little so it's it's Betty White <laughs> and uh Anna Packway success. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean obviously you know who all three of these people are for the most part. You got a, a ballpark figure here, and like you said, you know, Jenny Garth there in the in the high school, so she was probably older than high school when nine oh two and oh was on and uh, Moira Kelly, uh, type of the cutting edge, was playing an Olympic skater. So you know, again, a, a little bit younger. And we know that Kelly ripper has been on TV for about a hundred years at this point, or so it seems, <laughs> hosting that show. Uh, so from oldest to youngest, born in March of 1968, would be Moira Kelly. Born in October of 1970, would be Kelly Ripa. And the youngin' of the bunch, born in April of '72. Jenny Garth C B A is your order there, so near and yet so far, Toe pick oh,
1: man,, yeah, I thought about going, Kelly Ripa next, I just uh all right, I just for some reason, she seems younger to me.
0: Well, it was it was uh, an eventful round one. It was a fun round one. It was certainly a, a roller coaster ride of a round one, and yet it seems like we haven't gotten uh, off the ground. Uh, let me do the math here. Hang on. Carry the... Zero! Zero points. Um, you're right at home, aren't you, sir? (laughs) Yeah, man! (laughs) Well, look, you know, the point values are going to increase. I mean, you still have to get one right, but the point values are going to increase, so uh, it'll just make make it all the the sweeter when you do actually uh, turn it up here. As we move on to round two, sir, as you know, two, four, six, and eight is what the point values will increase to. Four new categories, uh, for this round. Kicking things off with science! Moving along to Who Done It, followed up with the mashup, and another brand new category closes out the first half and round two. It is called Return to Sender. But first things first, we'll get to all that. Kicking things off with science, two, four, six, or eight.
1: Well, just to keep it going, I already know I'm going to put that eight on Return to Sender, because why not? Why make it easy? <laughs> um... Man, the mashup is always such, uh, if you get half of it, sometimes you can pull it off. But if you don't get either of them, it's just, you're done. Um, you know, we'll just go to, let's put that two on science.
0: Yeah, we well, we certainly will see what happens, uh, Cheyenne. Here is your two-point science question. Russian biophysicist Alexander N. Teetering created an equation in 2012 to help determine what?
1: Russian Scientist. All right. Um, the age of Kelly's. Uh, let's see. Is there anything to pull off of that last question? Kelly K. Ke- Kelly Ripa. Moira Kelly. You said cutting edge. Okay. I don't. I, I really don't know. I, like I have no guess, but I'm gonna try to throw a couple things together. And maybe, like, the One Tree Hill and Oldest to Youngest can get tied together, so I'll do, like, the Age of Trees.
0: The Age of Trees is your answer, sir. So, yeah, sometimes the the spin-offs will continue from round to round, sometimes we will start anew, however, uh, in this case we were kind of spinning off there, I I found it hilarious when you said Age of Kellys. (laughs) (laughs) You know how sometimes people, uh, they say that uh, your name uh, kind of points you towards your career? You know, if someone's name is Singer, they become a singer, that something. This guy's name is Teetering. Ring, he was very focused on the uh, biology of something that has rings. Rings, perhaps, that you could use to measure growth and to measure seasons. One Tree Hill... Rings, tree rings. Believe it or not, sir, two points for you. It is the age of trees.
1: <laughs> All right.
0: <laughs> Proving the adage that even a blind squirrel <laughs> uh, You used the formula wisely. Well done, two yeah. points. You almost seem disappointed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm shocked and I'm like now I'm like, uh maybe I shouldn't have been so
0: bold if there were the eight on the return to Cinder. <laughs> We are off this night. We are on the yes. board. We have two points. Who done it is up next. Let's keep this ball rolling. Four, six, or eight. Yeah, let's
1: just let's just climb the ladder and go four. These are, I mean, there's no way to predict the who done it or mash up. It's just a well, there's no way all. to predict
0: any of these really. Uh, you know, unless right. you're like a huge super sports expert or music expert or something. But uh, yeah, who done it? Our little biographical blurb. I will read it to you. you tell me who done it for four points. Here we go. He served four terms as a member of the Connecticut Legislature and became the mayor of Bridgeport. But he's perhaps best remembered for a jumbo sized business partnership that endured long past his 1891 death. Who done it?
1: Okay. 1891 Jumbo Partnership. Oh, Bridgeport. Um, I know it's the biggest city in Connecticut. <laughs> Got that going for me, maybe. (laughs) Uh, Bridgeport Jumbo makes me think of pretty sure Tufts University's mascot is Jumbo the Elephant. Um, Okay, what could be a Jumbo partnership? What could be? Are there any other uh, like something and something? It's a partnership, so two names Um, trees, rings. Oh, okay. Okay, so this makes me think. I'm spreading off the rings of the last question and tying that in with Jumbo, who I think was Barnum and Bailey's elephant. And then that, that's who that was. Definitely not Topsy, the one that was electrocuted at Coney Island. I don't, I think it's Barnum or Bailey. Because <laughs> uh, it went well past. It's just, which one was it? Oh, I should have watched that movie, Greatest Show on Earth. I think that was about this. I'm trying... P.T. Barnum was... Okay, so, I don't think Barnum was... I'm gonna go with Bailey.
0: You're gonna go with Bailey as your answer. Yes. You know what they say about a sucker being born every minute, sir?
1: Yes.
0: Well, uh, your logic, while quite sound in sussing out that uh, rings, Jumbo the Elephant, all points to a circus. We are talking about P.T. Barnum, you went in the wrong direction, not... (laughs) Not James Bailey, but P. T. Barnum. James Bailey was the ringmaster and uh, continued on after Barnum's death to run the circus until he sold it to the Ringling Brothers. And uh, yeah, yeah, you you can't get any closer <laughs> to an answer.
1: Yeah. Oh, I thought he was like a showman for a long time. I really should have watched that movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I. I it, it,
0: It it endured past his death. It didn't mean it didn't have some staying power before he died.
1: (laughs) Right. I just didn't think that he was in politics. So, and I didn't know who Bailey was. Like, I don't know. All right.
0: Well. See, I don't feel bad about that one because that one was on you.
1: (laughs) Yes, definitely.
0: Eh, Sometimes the coin gets you Sometimes. The coin gets you. We're going to move on Uh, to the mashup. I have a feeling you want to use six on this, but you tell me for sure, six or eight.
1: Yeah, we'll go six. And I'm going to miss some crazy clue in here, like I always do with the mashups.
0: (laughs) Well, here is your (laughs) six-point mashup, sir. As always, two phrases smooshed together by a common word or syllable. Here is your six-point mashup, sir. After over a decade of anticipation, Midori Ito... Was the first person to complete this in competition, though it should be noted she was in fact Japanese and not Chinese, and did not have a partner wearing a bucket on his head.
1: Oh wow, okay. I know the name, Midori Ito, I just don't know exactly who it is. Sounds like a gymnast or a figure skater. Hopefully, maybe. Does not have a partner wearing a bucket on his head, and... Japanese, not Chinese. So it sounds like that's giving a clue of doing something. Or the move had some sort of Chinese. Oh, wow. Um, Okay. and didn't have have a partner with a bucket on his head. I'm trying to think of people with buckets on their heads. And I can only think of Buckethead, who wears the KFC bucket on his head. The guitarist who has done lots of stuff with Primus and Les Claypool. Unless God. Okay. Midori Ito. What could be Chinese something? A Chinese or a Beijing uh Shanghai. I mean the only thing I am tie in with the bucket head who else wears a bucket on their head besides bucket head? Maybe I could get that. Primus less clay pool, or is that even the path to go? This I mean, like I have, my brain is all over the place right now. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Makes me think of like a what are the, sal so, so cow or something triple what's, it's axle. I don't know any like named moves in gymnastics, so I always, I'm never sure about that sal cow thing. It's I hear them say it, but it's like I can't really hear it. <laughs> um, a bucket. Who has a bucket on their head? Partner with the bucket. Is there any like a uh, comedians somebody has a bucket on their head oh did he play okay i don't know i'm gonna get at least okay i don't think i'm right but at least i can like say this without like hiding my head in shame <laughs> <laughs> like i think i did one time i can't remember on one of the mashups i came up with some ridiculous answer just to fit it. but i'm going to say i wonder if Buckethead also played with Guns N' Roses, and I'm going to say Triple Axel
0: Rose. Triple Axel Rose is your answer. It is certainly not uh, Ulrich Salcow Palace. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yes, the Salcow is a figure skating jump named after the inventor of that jump, Ulrich Salcow.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I just could like, it always, like, I can never, like, is it S-A-L-C-O-W?
0: Uh, I believe it's S-A-L-C-H-O-W. It's okay. Out, out. Yeah.
1: yeah, I can never quite hear if there's like that L in there. Or yeah, no. Uh,
0: it's a word that only comes up uh, every every four years in the Olympics, basically. Right. So you were all over this question from the get-go. It made me laugh hysterically when you kept saying, who else wears a bucket on their head except Buckethead? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's right there in the name. Indeed, for uh, over a decade, uh, a little group called Guns N' Roses was promising to release an album called Chinese Democracy. And uh, finally, finally after years and years and many different uh, lineups of the band, including one that had Mr. Buckethead in the mix, they finally released said album. Midori Ito was the first in competition to complete a certain figure skating jump with a certain number of revolutions. It is indeed triple axel rose <laughs> who pulled it out <laughs> well sir. Like good as you had a little patience yeah <laughs>
1: yeah because oh I could not get bucket head so I ended up just putting the moves down that I thought it could be and uh, I didn't know he was on that but
0: yeah and in case you were looking for a tie-in from the previous question uh, oh. Axel Rose's real name is of course William Bailey
1: yeah I did not know that so there we go
0: a little extra tie in there but yeah. you got there We don't ask how. We don't ask how long it takes. Uh, Edit, 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 edit. (laughs) (laughs) Folks, there's a lot of editing. Uh, (laughs) Here we are. Well done, sir. Well done. Which brings us to our final question of the round two of the first half and a brand new category that we're calling Return to Sender. Folks, this is going to be a question with a little bit of wordplay in it. In Return to Sender, I'm going to take a commonly said, commonly known phrase... Uh, word. I'm going to either add a letter to it, remove a letter from it, or change a letter, tweak it in some way to come up with a new phrase or word, and that new phrase or word will be the answer to the question. While I will vary from episode to episode which tactic I am using, I will, of course, always let the person in the hot seat know which one I am using for this particular game. So, this episode's eight-point return to sender is an add-a-letter. Are you ready to try this out, sir? Uh. Yeah. <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> Good luck to us all. <laughs> we are adding a letter in this week's Return to sender. Here is your clue. In Ethiopia, it's hard to hold a candle to teff. T-E-F-F. Teff. Which is a kind of millet typically harvested for just one month of the year in order to make flatbread. <sighs>
1: Yeah, this is definitely one that I wish I had heard.
0: <laughs> in previous no one episodes. made you put in, <laughs> <laughs> I
1: know, I know That's what's fun about it. <laughs> oh man, like is this? I know that there's that Ethiopian flat bread. Have no clue what it's called. None whatsoever. It's kind of weird and spongy and kind of uh, sour. <sighs> um, in Ethiopia, it's hard to hold a candle to Tef. Traditionally. Harvested for one month of the year. Wow. Yeah. Uh, big mistake putting the eight. <laughs> okay. I am at such a loss. I Yeah, there's no reason to even. Like, I'm having trouble understanding the game completely. <laughs> and it's a millet, you know. Okay, hold on. This, at least let me go look at the last question, which was triple Axel Rose. I'm not seeing any tie-in, like straightforward tie-in. So maybe there's something in there. Uh, oh, uh, I mean, um, there's no reason to keep this nonsense going on. It's hard to hold a candle to Um I don't know. I'll, I'll guess Rose, just so we can move on.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, let us. It's hard, and it's new. It's new, and it's hard. Yeah. So, you, know, I, you know, I think by episode eight, perhaps people will be a little more hard to get this. All right, so let's, let's see if we can work this out together. Let, let me see if I can help you there without telling you what the answer is, just for my own edification as well. Let's all walk ourselves through this. So like you said, the last question, we were talking about Axl Rose and Guns N' Roses. Does the phrase, it's hard to hold a candle, mean anything to you in terms of Guns N' Roses?
1: Yes, I just can't. Is it? Uh, I know it, but I keep getting... Like, I kept getting Elton John in my head with that. (laughs) I kept thinking of that candle thing, and I was
0: like... Sure, but it is is a Guns N' Roses lyric.
1: Civil War, maybe November Rain?
0: Ah! It's hard to hold a candle in the cold November Rain. Yeah. This is a millet that is harvested for just one month of the year. That month of the year happens to be November. This is November Grain.
1: Ah, okay. Okay. Like, I think if I heard something like that now i can kind of get there i was even having trouble sorting out (laughs) what i was supposed to do
0: this is why episode one uh you are the guinea pig uh i uh, there are no guinea pig points but nevertheless (laughs) i appreciate your i appreciate your humoring me uh hey welcome to the jungle baby (laughs) all right well it was not a complete loss that round, though. You got eight points out of a possible 20 in that round. Hang on a second. got to do some math here. Eight plus to put zero. T- 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 eight points as we go into the half. Hey, you know what? Eight's not bad. Eight is not bad at all. It's a double Tristan. Not a triple Axel, but a double Tristan. <laughs> but we are going to move forward here. It is time for halftime. Here's how halftime works. As you know, halftime has in the past been our only partial credit question of the game. But this season... Nay, nay, that is no longer the case. We're doing something a little different with our halftime bonus. For our halftime bonus this season, I am going to give you, our Hot Seat resident, the title of a top 10 list. You are going to take a few moments to think about what answer you want to give me to name one of the items on that top 10 list. Here's the catch. If you give me the number one item on the list, you will earn one point. If you give me the number two item on the list, you will earn two points. And so on to the number 10 item on the list where you will earn 10 points. So the idea is to get an answer that's on the list, but not the most obvious answer on the list. You want number 10. But if you give me number 11, you get no points. So there is a little bit of a trick to this one here. Again, you are the guinea pig, sir. (laughs) Hopefully you get this. So you're only going to give me one answer. You're going to get between zero and 10 points, depending on where it lies on the list. So, sir, here for you is this episode's top 10 list, top 10 countries with the highest average precipitation per year. Countries with the highest average precipitation per year. Take a few minutes to think about your answer to this question, and we will be back after the break. If you'd like to support Beat My Guest, helping to make more episodes like this possible, please consider becoming a patron. Check out patreon.com slash beatmyguest for details. And now back to me for the second half of this week's episode. And welcome back to Beat My Guest. My guest this week is Cheyenne Fletcher. When we last left Cheyenne, he was sitting on eight points, working on the halftime bonus list. This episode's top ten list, the top ten countries with the highest... Average precipitation per year. Cheyenne, talk yes. it out. What answer would you like to give me for your attempt at bonus points?
1: Yeah, I'm trying to think. I'm, I'm trying to picture in my head where the equator is. I imagine it's going to be somewhere near the equator. All right, so the equator runs through, like, Brazil, Ecuador area. Um, then it goes across into, like, Tome, Cabone, I think, maybe, or Cameroon right there. There's only a couple of countries. And it runs through, I think, like, Indonesia area. Um, all right, so be something near there. The big ones are going to be your big countries that have the big... Like, Brazil is on that list, but it's going to be up high, I'm sure. Unless I'm thinking about this all wrong. Um, but, I mean, the rainforest has to... Rainforest areas is going to have to be on the list. Ecuador, Peru, and it's per catch the highest precipitation for per, per year, right?
0: Over space and time in millimeters per year.
1: Oh, so it's space as well. Kind of changes my reasoning a little bit having the space part. So now I want to come a little bit off of the equator maybe. How is this something I want to push? I know all right, I'm going for it. And I'm going to say something like... Oh, no. God. <laughs> this is like one of those things if you want to be safer, you just want to, like, go for it. And uh, let's go with... Let's just go with... Oh, wait. Hold on. If it's over space and time, then there's going to be... Bigger countries might be better because there's are some areas that are not going to be as rainy per year. Uh, let's do... So I need somewhere that rains has some rainy areas, but also has some areas that's not going to get. Okay, I'll go ahead and just go Brazil. Like I'm assuming it's on the list, and my fear is it's too high. Watch it be like number twenty-five or something.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, this is it, it's certainly on the list of countries. The question is, is in the top ten? <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. There's no Brazil on this list. What's going on here? <laughs> I will say you when uh, discussing your. Uh, Your location of of the equator and all that stuff. You mentioned a lot of countries, several of which were definitely on this list. The number one is Colombia. Colombia is the rainiest or most precipitation, because I guess snow also would count technically for precipitation. Uh, Number two on the list, Sao Tome and Príncipe. You mentioned that one. Three, Papua New Guinea for the Solomon Islands. Five, Panama. Six, Costa Rica. Seven, Malaysia. That was the one. Is on the tip of your tongue? Uh, that yeah. was the one
1: I was going to go with whenever I was like, I'm just going for it. <laughs> uh, well, that would have been seven points for you. Yeah, because I've, I've been to Borneo. I don't know there's a lot of rainforest there.
0: Lost yourself seven points by not going there. Was that a good gamble? Eight, Brunei. Nine... Indonesia <laughs> they got a lot of islands and they're all rainy <laughs>
1: yeah no I thought it was going to be higher on the list
0: and number 10 B- B- Bangladesh <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, Brazil, unfortunately, uh, Brazil is only number 40 on the list. It's got so much area that is dry. It's like the rainforest is very concentrated, but it's so huge that there's yeah. a lot of, of, of mountains, too, that don't get necessarily the uh, the right. rainfall. So
1: Yeah, I overthought it. I should have, should have just gone with
0: Malaysia. Should have gone Malaysia. Would have almost doubled your score with Malaysia. That's the new halftime, folks. So uh, you're putting all your eggs in one basket. But we'll see how this goes as the season plays out. But uh, our our first uh, test monkey flunky. <laughs> <laughs> Flunkied uh, hard. But that's okay. That's okay. Still plenty of time left in the game. And uh, round three is on tap here. Eight points heading into round three. We'll see how much you can improve your lot. Point values, as you know, Cheyenne, are going to stay the same at 2, 4, 6, and 8. But the categories, well, we got a whole new batch of four for you here. This is what those four categories are. Kicking things off with sports. Moving along to audio hodgepodge, which admittedly is a bit of a lifestyle. Then we're going to follow it up with Fungo. Fungo is back for another exciting season, folks. And round three is going to finish off with a brand new category. Entitled, I deafen grandma.
1: I deafened grandma?
0: I deafen grandma. The active tense of the verb. I deafen. deafen. Oh, okay. I deafen grandma.
1: Okay. We'll explain
0: well, what that means and how grandpa might feel about all this. <laughs> and when we get there, sports is up first. Two, four, six, or eight.
1: Well, it's a, like with most categories, I've got really good spots and some big old black holes. Um, and I was kind of like, when you got to Fungo, I was like six or eight sports in Fungo, but to keep with tradition, I definitely, Grandma's going to get that eight. So
0: <laughs> He is a glutton for punishment, <laughs> but
1: <laughs> the Audio hodgepodge is like, who knows? So let's go. We'll do six on sports. Six
0: on sports. Good luck. Here is your six-point sports question. Nicknamed LP Bay This former member of the Colombian national soccer team, as well as the first ever MLS MVP, was best known for his signature hairstyle. Who is he?
1: I know who this is. I just, this is pulling stuff. Like, I'm just now trying to, like, up my soccer knowledge. And I remember this guy. It's just pulling his name out. And it's going to drive me crazy. Oh, and I'm sure your Columbia tie-in is just because Columbia was the number one country on that list, so that's the only thing I get to go from, LP Bay, Um, and I'm pretty sure that it starts with a V or a W. The only problem is I keep getting the last name, and I can't quite remember uh, that 70s show that played Fez. (laughs) (laughs) I keep thinking I get his last name stuck in my head. Oh, man. LPD. um Yeah, there's no reason to. Uh, I'm just trying to get a name that sounds. I'm just trying to get it sussed out. I keep, I keep thinking I get it, and then it goes away. Wilderama, something like that. that I, that's it. I, I just, I'm, this is not going to come out of my head. So, let's go with that.
0: Uh, I believe you said Wilderama?
1: Yes. And I think it's so close, but I know it's wrong.
0: Well, uh, El Bay—that that is a uh, nickname of this Colombian soccer player, means the kid. Uh, the kid is now 58 years old, so I don't really think that the nickname applies anymore. But what are you going to do? Uh, probably best known for, like I said, his signature hairstyle, which was this kind of spider plant fro... Kind of thing that uh, when you saw him on the soccer pitch, uh, you could not help but locate him wherever he stood. He was the first ever MLS MVP playing uh, many years for the Tampa Bay Mutiny, back when there was such a team. And his name is Carlos
1: I knew that part.
0: Valderrama.
1: <laughs>
0: not Wilderrama. <laughs> I, I knew it was there. So <laughs> close, but he hits the crossbar. <laughs> oh. Carlos Vildorama was the answer.
1: Yeah, I was so close to saying Vildorama, but I was like, I thought it was a... Di- ah, man.
0: So <sighs> near. Yes. This is why This is why it's uh, so much better to play trivia with a partner. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because yeah. if you had said that, someone else probably would have come up with it. It's also why I don't allow partners in the hot seat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, shake it off, shake it off. Take uh, take a minute on the touchline. Get yourself a squeeze of the Gatorade bottle. We're gonna move on to audio hodgepodge. Two, four, or eight, sir. I mean, I'm feeling, I'm feeling your pain. I'm feeling it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll go with two. <laughs>
0: two points for audio hodgepodge. As always, our our welcome friend, audio hodgepodge. Here's how it works. I'm going to ask you a question. Then I'm going to play a little clip for you. When I'm done with the clip, the idea is that it's going to be a lot easier for you to answer the question that i posed once you've heard the clip (laughs) than it was before. Uh, Who knows? You never know. (laughs) Anywho, here is your question for two points. What is the name of the show from which the following clip was taken? Okay, everyone. What do you notice about these two screws? They're sharp. Right. They're kind of (laughs) screwy? That's true, Pat. Those twisting ridges are called threads. They help the screw hold tight to whatever it's screwed into. But on the other end, there is something that makes these two screws different from each other. Look closely at them.
1: The slots on the top are different.
0: (laughs) That's right, Dusty. And because there are two different kinds of screws, there are also two different kinds of destornilladores, screwdrivers.
1: All right. Definitely kids' educational show. I know I've seen that show. It is pretty old, or at least it's if it's still around, it was been around for a bit. I'm pretty sure I saw that with my son. And I'm trying to tie it in to the question before. And maybe it's just that you said "LPB" stands for the kid, and then you put on a kids' show. And but uh, I just got to go. I think. It, Handy Manny is... I don't remember if that was a character for something or a show, so I'm going with Handy Manny.
0: Handy Manny is your answer. Did you happen to potentially recognize the voice in that clip of uh, the main uh, tool instructor?
1: No, I wasn't even... uh, No. I should have probably keyed on that.
0: That was, of course, actor Wilmer Valderrama. (laughs) Oh, hence your confusion with Vildorama, probably in the previous question that I yeah, it was, <laughs> yes, and he is of course telling all of his tools how to do their jobs, kind of mansplaining to them, but I guess it's okay <laughs> so that nobody gets hurt on a television show called Handy Manny, well done, two points for you, sir, oh, oh,
1: man, <laughs> yeah uh, oh, that's just brutal. <laughs>
0: Well, next up on our list is Fungo. Fungo, of course. Three clues, each alike in dignity, all pointing towards the same singular answer. You have the four, you have the eight. How much for Fungo, sir?
1: Oh, we're going to four.
0: Four points for Fungo. Good luck. And here are your three clues. Clue number one popular puzzle based video game. From Trapdoor Publishing. Clue number two, nickname for troilite, which is a mineral sometimes found in meteorites. Clue number three, city located 100 miles from Casablanca.
1: I mean, okay. Like the only thing that I can do here, and it, like, even if it's wrong, it has to be done. Even if I knew that this answer was wrong, it has to be the answer that is given because there's a city. In Morocco, called Fez, we had the character who played Fez in the question before this, and that is the answer I gave for the first question. And so, I, I don't know if there's a game called Fez, but it wouldn't surprise me. And sure, they may maybe they call that stuff Fez, but I've got to go with Fez.
0: Fez is your answer. Uh, you you may have noticed my uh, relative lack of commentary <laughs> <laughs> on that uh, statement of yours earlier uh, or at least I tried to steer as clear of it as possible but I had a feeling you were going to get this answer right uh, uh, after hearing your answer to the sports question and your musings therein. Yes, the uh, the nickname for troy light, uh which chemical symbol is F-E-S pronounced Fez Fez is a popular puzzle-based game. Fez is the city in Casablanca. Fez is sitting in the circle waiting for a joint, Jackie. Uh, yes, indeed. Fez <laughs> is the answer. Four points for you. Well done. Well well predicted. Well done. <laughs> <sighs> ah, breathe, breathe. Deep yeah. breath. <laughs> that uh, was uh, a make good for the, uh, for the triple axel. <laughs> indeed. All right, so, sir.
1: I'm uh, attacking all these low ones. Like twos, fours, I got those. Now we can uh, fail again on another eight.
0: Well, we shall see. Let's (laughs) see how we do here. We have an eight pointer coming up. I deafen Grandma, which, if you're of a particular uh, state of mind and are looking at it, is an anagram of anagram defined. So, indeed, this is an anagram-based clue. Basically, I am going to give you, uh, read you a sentence... And this sentence is going to describe an answer. You will give the answer uh, as a way of a hint. The answer that you are to give me is also included in the clue itself as an anagram. (laughs) Okay. All right. With that in mind, we try another new one here. Good luck to me and good luck to you. Here is your eight-point. I deaf and grandma. Actor who played the owner of a bar got upset. When a certain tune began to play,
1: um, actor who played the owner of a bar, and man, for some reason, like I, I watched Cheers, but I didn't like. I saw lots of episodes, but it was when it was on, and I had never gone back to rewatch it. Um, I, for some reason, maybe he got mad. Actor who played, but I'm not finding an area to get, and I don't even know. Like I don't even know if Ted Danson, like a Sam Malone, was the. Owner, but there's no where in here for that to be. After played, there's a D. Yeah, I mean that can't fit in here. Wow, I'm trying. I'm assuming it's a TV show because that's the. All, I mean, only way to kind of like get that thing going. I don't think they're gonna have a tune play enough times in a movie to get it to really be a part of the storyline. Um. Wow, this is. I just can't pull any uh bars besides that. It's Always Sunny might take place a lot in a bar, but I've never seen that show. So I could be completely off base even about where that is. I'll just go with, like, there's a Ted here that could be anagrammed. Maybe you just want the first name. Because I can't get a second D, so I'll just go with Ted.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Ted is your answer. Of course, you are thinking, uh, as you said, of Ted Danson from Cheers. Sam was the owner of Cheers. We're sort of talking about Sam here, just not that Sam. You must remember this. (sighs) A kiss is still a kiss. We were just in Casablanca, or at least 100 miles away from Casablanca, with Fez.
1: So stupid.
0: Bar got upset. Bar got anagrams to Bogart. Humphrey Bogart in Casablanca, owner of Rick's American Cafe, a bar slash restaurant. Got upset when Sam played as time goes by. As your points go by, as round three goes by.
1: Yeah, that would have been, like, this whole time I've been tying the previous ones. I don't know why I didn't do it this time. I didn't even think about the last question. I know. (laughs) (laughs) So stupid. I would have gotten there if I had just thought about working at the last question.
0: Yeah, you probably you probably would have. It's all right. It's okay. Again, this is all new stuff to everybody. Uh, and also new to you is those six points. You got six points in that round. Uh, so we're going to add those six to the eight you had coming in. 14 points. Still still in this. Still with a great opportunity to uh, boost your score in the final round. Because as you know, Cheyenne, round four, is the highest scoring round of the game. Point values are going to increase to 3, 5, 7, and 9. Here are your categories for round four. Kicking things off with a brand new category called Odd Man Out. Moving on to analogies. Following that up with movies. And we are going to wrap up round four and the second half with... Not an entirely new category, just a different presentation of the category. It used to be literature. We are now calling it by the book. We'll get there. We're going to kick things off with new category, Odd Man Out 35709.
1: Oh, you know what it is. Uh, are... I know
0: what it is, but I need you to say it. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's a nine.
0: <laughs> nine points for Odd Man Out. The good news is, Cheyenne, is that you're definitely, I guarantee you're going to come up with an answer for this one. Because this is multiple choice. (laughs) Okay, there we go. (laughs) So unless you're just totally brain freezing on me, you will come up with a possible answer here. Uh, Odd Man Out is very simply, I'm going to give you four options. Three of them will have something to do with each other. One of them does not, and is hence the Odd Man Out. If you can figure out what the other three have in common, that will help you figure out which one of the four does not belong you could even sing that song one of these things just doesn't belong here that, that is also uh, a much longer name for this category but you know, it applies anyway here is your nine point odd man out ed sheeran fun megan trainer sam smith which one is the odd man out And it's going to be something more than one's a woman and the other three are men, or one's a group and the other three are solo artists. Obviously, I can see those are both possibilities here. It's going to be something a little bit deeper than that.
1: Uh, One's name is alliterative. Uh, uh, It's got to be awards. I mean, they're all relatively new. I'm assuming that this... I always have trouble with this, like how specific or broad, or if it's going to be dual-layered... Ah, uh, so I'm wondering if it's best new artist, something like that. Can you luck out and get this correct, or do you need to have rationale behind?
0: I mean, you can certainly luck out and get it correct. Uh, as I, I would like you to have some sort of rationale behind it, even if it's the wrong rationale. But uh, right. you know, I'm not going to dock you as long as you give me some rationale. I, you know, I will you guess the right answer. You, you, you guess, yeah,
1: right. Uh, Fun song, We Are Young, was huge. I mean, all these, their first songs were huge. It's got to be something with uh, like one best new artist Grammy. Um, just which one would have not won it. And it would have been somebody who was against I mean, they all could have. They were all huge. Um, the only thing would be if one of them went against somebody else huge, I would think. It's probably not the right logic, but it's the logic I have to use, because it's just Stupid songs. Like, I can deal with most. Like, none of these are, like, in my wheelhouse for music. But Megan Trainer's stuff is just ridiculous. I could actually listen to, like, Nate Roos and Sam Smith and Ed Sheeran. But so I'm going to go with Megan Trainor and hope that she did not win Best New Artist and okay. say she's the odd one out.
0: Uh, it would be quite ironic if the first odd man out was in fact the odd woman out but you know hey it's just, I, but, but... It's just the way the phrase works folks so yeah. deal with it <laughs> Cheyenne yeah. so indeed you are correct in your assessment of what we are looking for here uh, these are all obviously musicians, artists three out of the four names on this list were winners of the best new artist Grammy, the fourth Was indeed nominated for that award, but lost out to, as you surmise, a potentially bigger sensation at the time. One might argue the merits of whether or not this, uh, the one who actually won was deserving. One might argue if these winners were deserving. It's an opinion. (laughs) But the fact is that Macklemore and Ryan Lewis won Best New Artist, beating out Ed Sheeran. In his year of nomination. The other three all were winners. I guess it was all about that base. And uh Ed Sheeran was the odd man out here. Unfortunately, I cannot give you the points, though kudos for getting the uh right right reasoning and rationale and what the factoid yeah. was. So yay. Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. That was the year that uh, I guess uh Macklemore and Ryan Lewis decided to take all of the things that they shouldn't have won. <laughs> Because I think that's probably the year that the heist one over Kendrick.
0: It's all good. It's all good. Hopefully, uh, you'll you know just the fact that you came close will keep you warm. It keeps you warm. Uh, we're gonna move on now to analogies. Analogies. We know what analogies are. Three, five, or seven.
1: Um, you know, let's go with three here. This is always hit or miss.
0: Three points for analogies. Good luck. And here is your question. Nightly news is to CNN, as the Olympics is to what? <laughs> oh,
1: man. I, uh, I always comment that I'm horrible about what plays on channels. <laughs> like, I'm so bad about it. <laughs> I, oh. Uh, like, actually, last week, whenever me and Tim were going over to Fayetteville to talk to the new venue that we're moving into, I was like, I couldn't even tell you what TGIF was on. Like, I'm so bad at it. <laughs> and I'm assuming you're talking about the actual, like, the Olympics. I don't know if there's something else I don't know about. But I feel like it's on NBC. But I don't know if there's something that I'm missing. Um, I'm trying to see if there's anything I can... Uh, maybe the tie-in is that Grammys are on the same station or something. Well, there might not be a tie-in. Oh, I just realized how ironic that that album was called The Heist, and they stole all the, the awards. Um,
0: ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, us pattern seekers will find anything, <laughs> <huh>?
1: <laughs> So, I just, the, the Olympics, I think, are on NBC. I feel like that's, that's too straightforward, and I might be off. Yeah, so I just gotta go with NBC.
0: NBC is your answer. No, no, I'm sorry. It, it's that's way too straightforward, especially for a round four question here on Beat My <laughs> So, Nightly News, just referring to Nightly News, it's not the name of a show, it's just Nightly News in general. Nightly News is a thing. And CNN was created by Ted Turner because he was upset with the state of Nightly News and wanted to counter-program, so he created CNN. He didn't particularly care for the way the Olympics were going, getting to political, countries were boycotting left and right. So he decided he was going to counter-program by creating his own thing called the Goodwill Games. The Goodwill Games, if you were looking for a link, Thrift Shop, Goodwill, there's your tie-in. That's how my brain (laughs) rolls.
1: Oh, man. Okay. Yeah, I know. I, like, it can't be that strict, but I would have never, like... In my brain, there was a show called
0: the Nightly News on CNN. <laughs> yeah, the the Olympics goes. I mean, it goes to the highest bidding network. It's sometimes on CBS, sometimes on NBC, yeah, sometimes yeah. on Vox. You know, it, it it could be anywhere. Yeah. It doesn't. It don't matter. But uh, Ted Turner said, "Oh no, the Goodwill Games is going to be on my network." <laughs> and uh, it, ran for few, it went for a few years, and then uh, uh, suddenly went uh, went away as time goes by. Huh. No, that was the last round. Anyway i got $20 in my pocket and two two questions left to give you, sir. Movies is up next. You have five. You have seven. What say ye?
1: Uh, Just to add to my misery, uh, since By the Book is kind of a new category, we are going to put five on movies.
0: Five on movies. All right. Good luck, sir. Here is your five-point movies question. Name the sequel starring Roy Scheider, whose plot hinges on a race between U.S. and Soviet rivals... To Reach Discovery.
1: A sequel. Name the se- Okay. To Reach Discovery. Um, it's a sequel. Yes. Roy Scheider. I'm so stuck. He was in Jaws. What was Roy Scheider in? Sounds like he's like a pilot or something. Like space or something. so also like a helicopter pilot and something. What was that? Like Airwolf or Blue Thunder or something? Ah. Uh, Roy Scheider. Okay. I just got to get off that. I'm not going to. Be able to link Roy Scheider to anything else? A sequel. Uh, it's not the joke. Goodwill Hunting two that was in whatever uh, Jane's Ile Bob. Maybe the Discovery was what was in Space Odyssey 2001. A Space Odyssey 2010. Space Odyssey two 2010. Something like that. Um, that could they Discovery could have been ship. God. I need to watch some older movies. Apparently, I could be going down the entire wrong path. I feel I really feel like this is a space thing, and it would help if I knew the if I could remember the names of all these ships. Uh, the only other thing that's coming to me is aliens, but it wasn't in that. You say sequel though, and I'm just going to like second sequels. This could be a third, fourth, couldn't it? Unless those have their own special designations, but I think they're. I'm just gonna go with. I don't know the exact name of this, but uh, Space Odyssey 2, 2010?
0: All right. So your answer is uh, the sequel to 2001 of Space Odyssey, 2010. It's not called Space Odyssey 2, but I'm not going to make you uh, (laughs) You agonize over it. You know, it's not Jaws 3. Let's put it that way. (laughs) Uh, You're absolutely correct. The name of the spaceship that was uh, Dave and Hal were on was called Discovery. In the sequel, they decide to send uh, a ship to go track it down to see what's up with that. The U.S. ship goes out there. The Soviet ship goes out there. They end up having to work together to try and save each other's bacon. It was 2010, the year we made contact. Eh, Close enough for me. 2010. (laughs) (laughs) Five points. Well done.
1: yeah, I've never seen it. It's
0: not bad. It's yeah. not bad. I will I, I don't remember it all that well. I know I saw it on like cable when it came out. It, it, it makes a lot more sense in plot than uh, than the original, I'll tell you that much. It may not be Kubrick, but it works. <laughs> this doesn't right. end with the like, you know, fifteen minutes of a fetus, you know. <laughs> right. uh, well done, sir. Well done. No shutout in round four. Heck, it's not round one. How could you possibly be shut out in the round? We've got one question left in the game. It's gonna be worth seven points. It is called By the Book, our former literature category. Cheyenne, here is how this category is going to work going forward. I am going to give you the year of a publication of a book and four chapter titles from that book. Armed with that information and that information alone, you must tell me the name of the book. Easy peasy, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't really read, but... Uh, easy peasy in concept? Great. Yeah. <laughs> Theoretically.
1: <laughs>
0: four seven points, here is your By the Book. 1980 is the year. Here are your chapter titles. Traveler's Tales. The Harmony of Worlds. The Edge of Forever. Who Speaks for Earth? What book are we talking about?
1: Sounds like maybe it's just sci-fi um or could it be more than that this sounds kind of sci fi kind trying to think of i don't know when those books were written but no that doesn't make sense uh traveler's tales harmony worlds the edge of forever who speaks for earth i don't know when this was written it sounds like it could be arthur c clark could he have another thing I don't know when Carl Sagan was writing. Like um, This date's kind of throwing me off just because I don't pay attention enough. Like, I don't think you would be as straightforward to just do 2001 Space Odyssey. And I don't know, the year. I can't remember, like, Kubrick or is there something else? Is that the tie-in? Kubrick film that could have been uh, made from a book. You know, Who Speaks for Earth? Kind of makes me think of, the yeah, scenes from the movie Contact. So I'll just go with Contact.
0: Contact is your answer. Well, you were absolutely correct in thinking that the perhaps space was uh, the theme here. And, of course, how could space not be the theme with, uh, with chapter titles, Who Speaks for Earth, The Edge of Forever? The last question, of course, was 2010, the year we make Contact. Contact was uh, in the answer of the last question the author of contact was carl sagan unfortunately sir contact was written in 1985 this is the other book by carl sagan which made him super famous around the world it was turned into a television show that neil degrasse tyson then redid a few years back we are talking cosmos cosmos is the name of the book (sighs) I got Cosmos. close. So <laughs> close. You you ah so close. I felt I felt your pain there. I think you even said Cosmos in your musings there for a second. Uh yeah. Yeah. Right author, wrong book. Alright. Cannot give you the seven points. But you know what? You did not get shut out that round. You got five points. I'm gonna add those to the fourteen points you had coming into round four. nineteen points as we wow. head into the confidence question. And it is straightforward this year, folks. Same as before, the confidence question is your last chance to try to prove your final score, Cheyenne. Only one question is before you. Only one answer is required. I will give you the category, and you must, must, wager between 1 and 10 points. Get it right, I will add it to your score. And happily so, but get it wrong, Cheyenne. Oh, get it wrong. Not only will you lose those precious points, but I will lock you in a room with all of the cast members from that 70s show and just have them in a circle around you Laughing giddily at your performance until you go slowly mad, is what is at stake here. You have given me three categories to choose from, graciously, so I have deviously selected, sir. How confident are you in the category college wrestling?
1: Uh, well, it doesn't matter how confident I am in it because four is the perfect wager.
0: Four is the perfect wager. I I can't imagine why. I I, I guess I'm a little lost as to why that's the perfect (laughs) wager. But four points is indeed the wager before me. Good luck, sir. Here is your four-point college wrestling query. From 2011 through this year, Penn State has been a college wrestling juggernaut, winning eight out of the last nine Division I national championships in the sport. What is the only other school to have won the crown during this time span?
1: Um, Yeah, I'm pretty much a college wrestling junkie. So uh, later on today, I will be listening to my like 405th episode of the podcast, Flow Wrestling. (laughs) I'm trying to see if I can pin this year. Everybody except for Penn State fans absolutely despise Penn State and Kale Sanderson right now. Um, But this would have been, it was a year that Zane did not wrestle, he was in 2018, so 2017, 2016, 2015 would have been Zane Rutherford's freshman year because he wrestled as a true freshman in 2014. I'm pretty sure the year that Ohio State jumped in there and won was 2015. I know you didn't ask for the year, but I was trying to figure it out because they just sat all their studs one year. And that's the only reason Ohio State was able to win. It's because they they just gave the year up, and they still did pretty good. So my guess is Ohio State.
0: Your guess is the Ohio State University. Uh, You have to say it right or else it doesn't count. Uh, (laughs) uh, Well, you you blew through a lot of my flavor text there. I have the whole (laughs) Kale Sanderson thing sitting there. Uh, Yeah, Penn State won four titles in a row then uh took the year off and then won the next four in a row a streak that uh still running uh, we'll see how they do next time around led by Logan Logie Bear Steber, the Ohio State Buckeyes did win in 2015 four points for you well done meaning that you are finishing off with a very lostian score of 23 23- Huzzah, huzzah, huzzah The ending much better than the beginning, sir Congratulations, how do you feel? I
1: feel good uh, It was a lot of fun You know, if I had uh, wagered in a like, sensible way and put the lowest points on categories I had no clue what were my score might have looked a little bit better <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that, You know what Your score is just fine in my yeah. book because it's not about the points it's about the journey uh don't stop believing uh good job sir anything you want to plug one more time or a shout out before i let you go uh once and for all and sail into the season five ether
1: yeah uh you know just uh our company questionable company trivia uh working on a website right now but we've got a facebook page and uh if anybody's interested in posting out there get in touch we're trying to expand get into some other markets so yeah i guess that's it and thanks for uh all the fun and the uh, ridiculously hard questions <laughs> well
0: we're always ridiculously hard but thank you thank you for taking part thank you for being my uh uh guinea pig and uh, proof of concept i hope cheyenne you may leave the hot seat Folks, if you have any feedback, please feel free to uh, join our Facebook group. Beat My Guest, the fans, hot seat. All are welcome. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back again next week with another exciting episode. Until that time, take care and bye-bye. Did you beat our guest or did our guest beat you? Tell us all about it on Twitter at BMGPod. Also, please review and rate us on iTunes. And if you like what you've heard, spread the word. This has absolutely not been a Mark Goodson Bill and production.